to the Dreamboat Podcast. As always, we are here, your two co-captains, Scott and Connor. And we are setting sail on the high seas once again to analyze your dreams and dissect what it is really going on up in your brain there when you sleep. What are these symbols? What are their meanings? What is what is your subconscious trying to whisper in your What dream? does it mean to what dream? Does it mean? Dream, dream, dream. Connor, I had a couple cool dreams. Did you, Scott? I did. Well, you've come uh, to the right place. I guess I did. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and share my favorite one that I've had in a long, long, long time. Um, and it's interesting because this one has, it features a dream phenomena that I think we may have touched on before, but it was the most extreme example of it that I've ever experienced. Was so it I'll nocturnal see. emissions, was it? What is that? Oh, we'll save what, that what for that episode mean? 69. Is that like when you emit something... Nocturnally, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, So in this dream, I'm at a state fair. I'm at I'm at like a circus state fair kind of thing. Bunch of fair rides. It's a bunch of people riding around. I'm there with a friend of mine, Rami. Oh, you've met Rami. I'm there with my my former roommate, and I'm kicking it there. And I believe that I'm also around my work, like coworkers, and we're playing hacky sack. And so it was cool. I got my hacky sack right here. Oh man! I was, uh, confirm, I was, confirm, confirm, confirm. It's true. Can confirm that is a hack sack. So I'm hacking it with my coworkers and with my friend, and I get on one of those rides that I can only describe as it's, it's like a thing you sit on and it just spins you through the air, and you're sitting on like a little disc suspended by a rope. Do you see what I mean? It's sort of like um. What you mean like the one? like the swing set one that just yes, it looks like a swing set around. that just spins you in a big circle round yeah, and round and round. Those are pretty dope. So imagine that, but like OSHA was not involved at all, and it's very unsafe. And so I saw a video s- of one of those fail. It's the scariest thing. Oh, oh no. my goodness gracious! <laughs> capital N O. Don't. I I'm a man who enjoys amusement and amusement parks. Don't watch any videos that have failed amusement park rides. It's a real bad time. Yeah, I'm sure that's a sobering thing to watch if you're at the old Knott's Berry Farm. But uh, imagine imagine one of those, but instead of having like a swing, swing set type of seat, it's just got a really sharp metal disc that you're sitting on. So what you've essentially got is like saw blades whipping through the air. With so people it's like, sitting on them. Like, uh, like at the lake when you just sit on that little round disc and swing off into the pool or whatever? Exactly. It's one of those. And it's like like that dinner plate sized kind of thing. And so I'm whirling through the air on one of those. And there's a kid that I can see. And he's an awful little kid. And he's he's like yelling and screaming. And he's, his families are paying attention to him. And he, he gets grew up, up in a zombie bucket. apocalypse. Like, yeah, well, he gets up on a bucket. And I see that I'm about to cut his head off with my circus ride seat here and so i panic and it's like i can't really control where i'm at because i'm slowly obviously i'm i'm spinning along the ride here but i'm also rotating slowly and it's out of my control while i'm on the seat at the last second i just kick him in the noggin and i knock him off the bucket 
but I saved his life. Like my seat was gonna chop his head off, and he starts crying. And they stop the ride, and I get down. And his family runs up to me and thanks me. And they're like, "Oh, we saw the whole thing. Almost, you know, chopped our kid's head off. Thanks for that." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, let's get out of here." And so I grab Rami, and we walk like ten paces. We're still in the circus, and there's his like backyard porch area, and we both sit there. And we, his house is right behind us, and we just sit and look at the fair. It was the craziest, this is what I meant when I said this dream phenomena of suddenly moving from one place to another, and you can't remember how you got there. Mm. It's just there. Like, it was just fucking there. And so we go inside the house, and it looked pretty much identical. The furniture was a little bit off. It was a little bit backwards. And he's like, uh, check this out. I got this in, like, Russia or something, or, like, some eastern Soviet state. It's like a Mexican jumping bean, but it's a shell. And he hands me this tiny little seashell that's, like, bopping around in my hand. A Russian bouncing shell? Yeah. (laughs) A Czechoslovakian prancing shell. But he he shows it to me. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And then I woke up. So, yeah, I saved a life. Funnel cakes. Yeah, hell yeah, corn dogs. I hacked a sack. Bonded with my coworkers. That was was, was a pretty decent dream overall. Yeah, I definitely think... I, what, my favorite thing about this is how you said it's one of your favorite dreams in a long time, and like the big part of it is you kicked a little kid in the head. Yeah, well, he was horrible though. This is asking for it. Like I have, I have an audio file of it, and he was like, "I'm not going to play it because I'm, I, I just woke up. I sound groggy as hell." But like he was cutting in line. I describe him as disgusting in my mm. audio file. He's just a disgusting child. So you know, I mean, I did have reservations about striking him in the head. Don't get me wrong, but I'd do it again, save his life. It's kind of like the the Dudley from the Harry Potter. He's very Dudley. Very Dudley yeah. vibe out of him. Yeah. So, you're at a fair. Yes. A fair is a fair is a smorgasbord, smorgasbord, smorgasbord. I don't know that one. That's little Charlotte's would... Web. That's little Charlotte's Web for you. Okay. Well, Templeton the Rat. Anyway, moving uh, that'll on. That'll do, pig, right? <laughs> Bar yeah. M.U. I love that movie. All right. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> So you're at a fair, trying to have a good time, hanging out with your butt, hacking a sack. Man, life is great. That sounds like a good time. Yeah. Smock a wed, funnel cake, spin Smock around. That's all, you, that's all you want. That's all you want to do is have some fun. I have a feeling I'm not the <laughs> only one. <laughs> I'm going to throttle you if you don't analyze my dream. So I'm throttle you through the internet right now. Then you go on this, this ride. And when you go on an amusement ride... You kind of sign up for something that's out of your control. Unless you're like on the teacups at Disneyland and you're the only one, you can like spin it just as fast as you want, just a little spin. Unless you're sitting with people who are just like super spinning those damn teacups and you get super nauseous. But in this case, you are you your experience is out of your control. This is the most a scary sticking point for me because I do love one ride. At the Arizona State Fair called the Gravitron, the one that's basically astronaut training, sticks you to the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Spinning and spinning. I love that one. Yeah, but, kid threw a penny one time on one of those and it hit me in the forehead. I was pretty pissed. It's <laughs> a cool move. That kid rules. I mean, that kid's disgusting. Kick him in the head. Kick him um, off his fucking bucket. I mean, he's sorry a run for by carnies. For that boo-boo word. <laughs> they, they run by carnies, though. Like, you're the carny in charge of a 400 horsepower astronaut training device like he has to give you pause for a moment and think is it a good idea to get on here well it's your favorite so it is my favorite. anyway you 
are having a great time, and then you get put in a situation by volunteer. You volunteer to do this. It's you. It's your decision to take part in this thing in which you have, I will say, very little control of the outcome. And in this case, you narrowly avert disaster by kicking this young man right in the head. So what does that... What does that represent? I would say your ability to excel under, you know, tough circumstances or in a situation where you have limited control, you were able to like roll a nat 20 and just bingo, bingo, bongo right in the head. This Augustus Gloop. <laughs> Augustus Gloop'd him. He was an Augustus Gloop. That is the perfect way to a describe Veruca, him. A at least. Like an, uh, an Augustus Salt or an, a Veruca <laughs> Gloop, if you will. There you are. Have you ever had a dream where you suddenly move to one place from another? Or like, like you're in a familiar location that has a very different aspect that's not there in real life? Well, for like, example, one of the ones the past week where I was on the fishing boat and then all of a sudden I was in the back of a truck. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's interesting how the dreams do that. It but just what what's like, what's interesting here is is this one for you is referential because you're in the fair and then you're watching the fair. Yeah, from a patio. It was very so bizarre. it's so it's still linear in that way. Hmm. Now, gotta know more about this Czechoslovakian prancing show. <laughs> yeah, no, he was showing it off because I. I think in the dream I was I was asking him about his trip to Russia, which he I think had done recently, and he's like, "Oh, I brought you the coolest thing ever," and he brought it out. I was like, "What's that?" He's like, "Oh, well, it's a dancing. It has a worm in it." He tells me, and he hands me the shell, and it is prancing in my palm. And it was it was in real life that would be kind of gross. I'd be like, "Well, this is just a wormy shell. Like, you, this is an unclean, nasty shell. I don't want it." But in the moment there, it was a very cool novelty. And I was like, I'll treasure this until the worm dies and it stops dancing. This is a very cool gift. Thank you. I'll treasure this until I wake up from my... <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you didn't get so, yeah, a cool gift in the dream, though. I, if I'm going to 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 wrap it up here, sure. I would say that you... We're having a real good time, like you're hitting your stride, you're at the fair, having a good time, funnel cakes, hacky sex, smock a wood, hang with friends. I know you didn't say that part, but hey, we're talking about having a good time here. We're having a good and time. And then we find you volunteering to take this whirlwind extravaganza of an experience in which I would say you're put in danger too. What if that kid's face took your legs off? Yeah, no, and I think also it's of note though that I had my coworkers there with me. I'm thinking perhaps that this is a allegory for my work situation, where because we have had a few moments where it's gotten really busy, and I've been tasked with doing some new stuff that I've never done before, and I'm pulling it off, kind of skinning my teeth, but not to brag or whatever, but I'm doing a really good job. I've made myself indispensable when in the, in the part of the office I'm working right now. So yeah, it really was one of those. There's a kid in the way. Help take care of this, and I just. Kicked him in the head, and they said, thanks. That's what you got to do sometimes. Yep. I would say. I would say so. Sometimes that's exactly what they need. Now, the last little bit there. What's the shell, Scott? 
I don't know. See, that one's peculiar to me. I think that represents all the... The fact that Rami gave it to me might be significant, or, or it might not be, because he and I are friends. We used to be... We used to be co-workers. Uh, we used to live together. So, I mean, I've known him for a long time. I'm trying to think what a seashell would represent. So, a seashell... It's home like a, to a hermit crab? Home. Okay. It wasn't that kind of seashell, though. It was like okay. a clam... It was like a tiny little clamshell. Oh, okay. And... Hmm. And it was dancing. And it had a worm in it. Not a pearl. No, but still, you know what? I still do consider that like a treasure, right? If you're walking on the beach, you ever just been on the beach and you're walking, you find a really cool shell and it's like... Stepping on the beach. Do, 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 do. do. You yeah. find some weird driftwood that looks like... <laughs> looks like SpongeBob. You, you... <laughs> 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 you. But no, I have I have some beachy treasures too. So treasures. I, uh, so to wrap this up for the third time, yeah, I think <laughs> that you put yourself in a tough situation and you done did good, Scott. You did good. Thanks, buddy. Feels good. You're welcome. Do you uh, want to maybe read us a submission? I sure do. We have one from our man Dan. I'll call him. Oh, I kind of like our man Dan or Thunder our man Dan. Dan. He's got a great oh, yeah. email moniker too, but I'll go ahead and leave that for his private life. But nice move. We'll go ahead. Oh, and he he's a lucid dreamer. He says, "Oh, cool. Yeah, get back into that dream journal stuff, Dan. We'd love to to hear more." So here we go, Scott. This is uh, Captain Connor reading as Dan. Hi, I'm Connor. I'll be reading as Dan. So it starts off with me. Walking up and or being resuscitated by a fellow soldier in a very uncomfortable rocky hideout. It looked something like a partially destroyed concrete building. I can hear gunfire, aircraft, and explosions. Two of my friends were decked out in tattered soldier garb and awesome-looking weapons. One of them explains I was just knocked out what he calls what he called a dreamer. They looked sort of like the Sentinels from The Matrix. If they maintained eye contact with you for long enough, they could take over your subconscious and make you slip into a dreamlike state. They could also sort of cloak themselves and be mostly invisible. One of my fellow soldiers yells, We need to keep moving! And as he does, his head explodes. The other soldier and I start running down narrow back alleys. He keeps ahead of me, and he takes a sharp turn. As I fall around the corner, he disappears, and suddenly, the sound of war disappears from the background. The adrenaline that was just coursing through my veins disappears. I could hear a pin drop. I take a moment to think about what's happening, and I blink slowly. As I blink, it all comes back. The sound of war, the other soldiers yelling my name, the mechanical hum of a dreamer behind me. When I open my eyes, I see an open ocean. I'm standing on the surface of still water, and there's no shore in sight. I eventually start to cry nervously. As I shut my eyes from crying, the sound of war, my soldiers, friends screaming, and the feeling of adrenaline come back for a brief moment when I open my eyes again. I'm underwater, naked, and I feel like I'm being tangled in a sheer fabric, but I don't feel any sensations of drowning. I shut my eyes once more, and the dream cuts back to mowing grass in a cookie-cutter suburban town. I open my eyes again to find that I'm still underwater, tangled in fabric, but this time I feel like I'm drowning. I panic. The fabric constricts around me, and I feel repeated pressure on my chest. And then in parentheses, this is about where I would usually wake up. I feel a sharp shab in my, pe- my chest, an intense rush of adrenaline, the only thing I can describe as, as power. 
I jump up to my feet, grab my rifle, and start shooting into the distance. The bullets look like they're smacking into a digital screen. A dreamer appears and falls to the ground. I flip around 180 to see a beautiful woman draped in a sheer fabric saying something quietly, but I can't hear what it is. I'm frozen there for a moment, but eventually I decide to fire again and my bullets smack into a digital screen and a dreamer falls to the ground. Usually at this point, the dream cuts back to mowing a lawn in the suburbs. Question. Is this what Michael Bay's dreams are like? Discuss. <laughs> Whoa! Dang. That's a solid dream, man. I don't think I've... I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. You must have written this right as you woke up because there's so many different scene transitions there. Yeah. So, First of all, is this, this is... At me. This is... Symbols that jumped out at Scott. Underwater. We know that one. That's wrangling with something that's that's beneath the surface, something unseen. That's your subconscious. That's your that's like things that you're unaware of in your life. And it seems like you're coming to terms slowly over the course of this dream with recognizing them. But only in an abstract dream way. Because at first he can breathe. He can breathe while he's going down. And he feels like there's sheer fabric wrapped around him, right? And he's like standing on the beach and then he's underwater. Comes back, he's drowning. So it's back, cookie cutter home in the suburbs. All is good. Yeah, you know what I love though is that this whole thing fits the narrative of what he said at the beginning that the dreamers, if they look you in the eye, they can take you over and put you in like a weird permanent dream state. And that's kind of what keeps happening to him. It's almost like that's the, the twist. All these these things that were happening, it falls perfectly. This, this well, and at the at, and towards the end, when he's shooting at the screen, and then finally when he's shooting at the screen, a dreamer falls dead. Right. So he breaks out. He's the chosen one. <laughs> I'm cracked open a lacroix. 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 He's he's having all these these brilliant dream scenarios play out, and then they're sort of interspersed with these like yeah suburban just sort of minutia. This is very much The Matrix meets Inception. This is yeah. the perfect crossover. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, now, one thing, one thing that stood out to me, and I could be grasping at nothing here, but he talks a lot about drowning and being wrapped up in the sheer fabric. And now I have two ideas. One of them is maybe you're getting caught up in the sheets, and it could be one of those physical things bleeding right. into your dream reality but what my first thought was is the image of this beautiful woman draped in this cloth and like whispering things to you at the end if her fabric and the fabric you were drowning in were the same fabric as if this woman is somehow causing you this distress huh that's a good huh okay so there's a woman Oh, wow. So you're saying that the fabric, even in those water scenes, may represent a woman? Because later we see the woman in in the sheer fabric whispering. Right. It's a, it's a motif that's consistent. Huh. So then, okay, then how would you how would you analyze the first part where being underwater can breathe, sheer fabric, second part, underwater, really wrapped up? Well, that's not even... I mean, the first part, the first part is he... Wakes up and and it's it's war. The first part is he wakes up and it's war, and it's like, dude, you you just got knocked out by a dreamer. We got to get going. Like, come on, Rambo, get your guns. We're getting out of here. You ever seen a movie film called Jacob's Ladder? 
I am familiar with this movie film. I have yet to watch this movie film. It's a very spooky movie film, but reminds me of it. Same kind of concept. There's a war going on, but you can't tell if you're dreaming or not kind of thing. Wake up. (laughs) Spooked me. (laughs) Oh, man, what would warfare symbolize? I'm going to see if Ibn Siren's got anything on warfare. I mean, think about warfare. I think of war, conflict, and then we go back to the old notion of stuff that goes on. These symbols really have to do with what's going on on the inside, i.e. internal conflict. So just conflict in general, you think? Maybe that's maybe that's too easy, too different. Maybe it could be fighting about decisions, right? Two different ideas that you have about what you should or shouldn't be doing, what you should choose to do with your life. Or how you should deal or should have dealt with a certain situation. Uh, perhaps. So Ibn I, I just says, I really love this this imagery though of it being super loud and then it just being like snap super quiet. Like that is all super blinking too. cinematic. Yeah, cinematic's a good word to describe this one. So in Ibn Sirin's uh, dictionary of dreams according to Islamic inner traditions, in a dream, war means deception, betrayal, misleading, or trickery. War in a dream also means inflation, rising prices, a plague, food lines, adversities, and stress. If a soldier sees himself fighting an enemy in a dream, it means that he will gain benefits and success in life. Wow. Okay. So it's just everything. So it's just everything. Yeah, it's inflation and success and, it's food and deception. Lines. Yeah. Okay. Well, there, 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 there's always a nugget to it that's kind of interesting. But in the yeah. in the end, in the end, you do. I mean, obviously, there's probably thousands of dreamers or infinite dreamers, these sentinel beings. But you do you do best one at the end. You do you do are win. able to 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 beat that one. I don't know if it's like a predator situation where there's just the one, or if it's like, like I said, infinite numbers. Who's to say? You are Dan, but yeah. we, you know we'll do we'll, we're doing our best here. Huh. Now, Scott, what do you think this suburban cookie cutter town home is all about? Yeah, see that one in the context of it cutting back and forth in between those scenes of war. Okay, so let's, let's try and find a symbol in there. I think that's like the that's the ideal life. That's the American dream. It's that's, the dream in a dream. Yeah, that's what it I was is, say. if you will, life on Easy Street. Oh shoot! That's it. That's definitely it. So and is that is the juxtaposed symbol to the war and the strife, and then within those we have the two different experiences in the water, the one where you're the master of your subconscious and your ideas, and you're standing on top of crystal saline water, serene waters, Serena Williams, and then the other one where you are just super thrashing you can't figure out how to tread water and you are just wrapped up in all this fabric in a very 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 simple reductive way i think that this may be your brain because when you dream it's just your brain giving you try tryouts just free samples of different concepts and sensations and thoughts that you know sometimes in life can be hard to come by this is you experiencing what it's like to work hard in a dangerous environment for something you really want and then see what it yields, right? So it's you in the war, and then it's you in the post-war house with the GI Bill. And it's you... I'm, I'm, I'm honestly seeing... What you said before about the woman and the cloth being maybe intertwined, I'm starting to see that too, and it's like, okay, well, relationships. Like, 
oh, look at this. I can breathe underwater. This is, this is putting me to, to I'm, I'm pushed to new things that I didn't think were possible. Right. But then there's the other half of it too, where sometimes it's a struggle and you can't breathe. And like, well, and so the lady in the cloth, when he's struggling, he's just struggling with the cloth. And later we see the lady with the cloth and this is if it's the same cloth, but mm. if it's the lady's cloth, you are left with what she has left you with. If you like, the lady is gone, and you're just still dealing with her, if that makes sense. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Huh. So even in the war zone, even in the real world and stuff, there's a part of you that's... that's a, she's there the whole time? She's always been there? And, and, uh, you're, and you're continuing to struggle. You're continuing to struggle, yeah. Yeah, no, if I wanted to wrap this one up just kind of in a tidy, tidy bow, I would say this is... A this tidy is, whitey? Oh God! Uh, um, this is you uh, having a sleep movie that's just kind of letting you try on different flavors while, while also probably dissecting how you would react to. Oh, man, relationship and work being commingled, perhaps right? You see a little bit of that there because I don't know if I don't know if work is the right way to describe it. For me, this is adversity and relationships being intertwined. I think this is dealing with not necessarily expectation, but hope, like ideal and reality. Uh. In reality, you are working your butt off, and it would be real great to be on Easy Street, and you're trying, you're trying, and you're trying. And sometimes you got it all together, and you're standing on the top of your subconscious and your thoughts, and you are walking on water. Whoa! And, and don't feel good. And then other times, you can't keep your head up. I like that better. Yours is way better than mine. Screw what I said. Connor's got it figured out. Uh, maybe. Uh, no, no, no. That sounds that sounds much more accurate. I think that you're you're on the right thread there. Um, yeah. This is this is living by your merits and the rewards that they that can come with. But I think you were onto something when you were saying what your aspirations are. Like, what do you really want? Like. Nothing's like what you th what you perceive to be real in this war zone ends up not being real. So it's like, what do you really want? And it's like, yeah, well, yeah. Hope that that helps or gives you some insight there. Yeah, start Dan, writing that short film, submission. dude. Let's yeah, let's, seriously. Let's, let's let's get that in production. That's 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 definitely something screen screen worthy. Um, and thanks a lot, Dan. Dan the man, our man Dan. Our man Dan, keep him coming. Um, hey, I got one more from my girl Sarah, <laughs> but. Uh, she didn't write it down. She has a very, very long voice note for it, but I'm going to go ahead and slap out the one bit that I thought was most interesting. Lay it down, clown. Try and dissect it. Let's do it. Okay. So my MacBook's going to die. It's going to die? <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's speed right through We got it. time. So, we got time. Let's do it, baby. So in this dream, it's kind of similar to mine with the State Fair, where it, it's me and her hanging out at her apartment, and some friends come over, and they start hanging lamps up. All over her apartment, and they're like, "What? What you forgot? Like, it's the party right now. We we have to hang up the lamps and do decorations." And she's kind of frustrated, and so she goes out into the bedroom. She forgot entirely about this party where other people are coming over and throwing a party at her apartment. And she walks through a door that doesn't exist in real life in her bedroom, and ends up in an in a lab in like an entomology lab. The room of requirement. 
the room of requirement exactly except what what she requires i guess in this instance is a bunch of insects that are like very strange she described that as being sort of like big lobster sized weird prehistoric monster bugs kind of thing and they're all on different little tables they're on little stools and she's walking through and there's a friend of hers who's in there who's working in the lab and she goes, I'm really hungry. I need to eat something. And I think that the student ends up saying, well, just grab one of them. They're good. They're fine to eat. It's safe. She's like, one of the giant weird bugs? It's like, yeah, yeah. And so she grabs one, a big lobstery one, and she bites into it. And it's like gray and pulpy and nasty. She said it tasted horrible. And so she's freaking out because the party's about to start. And she's like, "This is what is wrong with this? Was I supposed to cook it? She doesn't know. She runs into the bathroom and spits it all out and rinses out her mouth and spits. And it's just gray. And no matter how much she tries to spit to wash it out, just gray chunks uh, keep coming, keep coming, keep oh coming. No. And then she woke up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is very good. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bust a rhymes of freestyle. Do it. So the idea of a party and you don't know what's going on. There are all these people that are just trying to have fun. And all these people that are like looking forward, like having a good time, but you're like, no, fuck it, I got I got stuff to do. I got, I got work to do. I got stuff to do. And you, so you weren't prepared. You're not ready to have fun yet. Yeah. So you go into your secret laboratory that <laughs> DD can't get into. I think this would qualify as like a work allegory, but yeah. Right. So you get into your, your secret lab and there's all these bugs that I'm sure you would win some sort of prize for discovering anyway. And they're there. And sometimes you just got to get your munch on, you know, <laughs> when you're hungry, I grab a Snickers, but I'm sometimes, yeah, sometimes you, uh, you got to get in the family Lepidoptera and just snack there on a butterfly. Oh, nice. oh yeah. Thanks, bud. It, I was honors advanced biology, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Feldman's class. He's all, all right. What's Lepidoptera? Bugs. What is that? What kind of bug is that? That's the butterflies. I just said so. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Anywho. That's the only one I remember. That's a good one. Anyway, you have this you have this big snack and because they're like, oh yeah, no, it's totally good. Have a bug. Eat a bug. Eat the bug. Eat, Eat the it. eggs. Eat the eggs. <laughs> and then you can't get this taste out of your mouth. So for me, this is embarrassment. You did something when you were being super serious and it super embarrassed you. You done goofed. You made a goof. Yeah. And then you go and you're like trying to get past it. You're like spitting it all out and you can't spit out the embarrassment. It's like you got it's stuff just, on your teeth. And it's not that other people remember it all the time, but it's you are still embarrassed by the mistake you made. It might be something you said too, because again, can, doing a debord thing, it's coming out of the mouth. Very it's much like you so. You can't stop saying something bad or wrong or regretful or disgusting yep. and you, you don't like it. It disgusts you. Huh. And, and, you, and now you, you can't get away from it. Right, and now it's which is there. you can't let yourself let it go is what I mean to say. Yes. And you keep trying to spit it out, and it's just not nice. I think we kind of nailed that one. Thank you. I think I did kind of nail that. Oh one. come on! I helped. Out. <laughs> I, I, I said you were good at butterfly Latin names. I helped. Uh, well, guys, I think that's going to cut it for this episode, just so that Connor's laptop does not die. Once yeah, again, I would really love to save this file. <laughs> uh, keep those submissions coming. That is uh, dreamboatpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook. Yell in my face if you have a cool dream. Either of those, any of those. Thanks again to Dan and Sarah for the dream submissions. Anything else? Yeah, if you submit a dream and you want us to like give a shout out or like plug some cool stuff that you're doing, if you hear some interesting dream facts, like... 
lay them on us. Or oh, if you like something we did, you're not so you know jazzed on something else, let us know. We're curious. And also, super important, if you listen and you haven't left an iTunes review, it'd be super cool if you did. Do it, do it, do it. It sounds silly, but it actually kind of like super matters as far as uh, how visible we are to the randos of the world, which, if, you know, we're just trying to build a, a listenership here. Once again, thank you to everybody. Keep those coming. Keep the dream alive. You are the wind in our sails. You are the gumbo in my tumbo. bucket of gumbo. Tumbo, yeah. Thank you. The gumbo as as in See my you all tumbo. next month. <laughs> the Kimbe Matumbo. You're my dick. Gumbo in my dick. Kimbe Matumbo. No, no, not in my house.